Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we'll chat with native Chicagoan Othella Longoria. She's lived in a variety of different neighborhoods, but currently resides in Hermosa. It's really interesting getting her point of view as someone who's lived here most of her life. She's very open, and it was a lot of fun. I had a, I had a blast. I always have a blast, but she was definitely fun. It was cool. You can follow her at Othella Longoria. Let's begin. All right, so we're here with Othella. How are you doing during uh, the COVID-19 situation? Um, so COVID hasn't really affected me, I guess, as badly as it's affected the rest of the city. I still have a job, luckily. I have been working actually a lot longer hours, a lot harder. I think this week I punched in about 50 hours in four days, okay. which is insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's very intense. Um, I'm trying to think what else. It, you know, besides not really going out, but I'm a hermit you, anyways. So are you working matter. at home or where are you working? So I'm a pharmacy technician. So unfortunately, I can't work from home. That's considered illegal. It's frowned <laughs> upon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, so I have to go to work every day. I work actually in Gold Coast to take care of my patients down there who are like a lot more elderly rich people Anyways. gold coast yeah gold coast yeah oh you gotta love so what, that so what's your your daily routine like now like how has it changed um i can't walk into a starbucks anymore and get my coffee in the morning so i'm kind of cranky <laughs> um, so do you make I the have, coffee at home or how do you yeah, do it yeah now i have to make my coffee at home like a peasant no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't taste the same it does not. Like, I I even got one of those, like, um, frothers. Frother. Fro- frother. Frother. Anyways. Um, it's, like, a, the little thing for the cream to warm it up so you can make it kind of like your own caramel macchiato at home. It tastes like shit. <laughs> don't what? do it. Or I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I just drink it black, so I don't know. What are you drinking right now? I am actually drinking Starbucks caramel creme. I, I'm trying to look at the K-cup from here. Caramel creme. It's black because I ran out of cream and I have no sugar because I forgot to buy some. And if you go to the grocery store, you have to wait in line an hour. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I have to wait outside just to go inside the store. And then I have to go get what I want. And it takes me like two minutes to get what I want. And then I still have to wait another hour just to get to the checkout. And I was like, I think I'll live without sugar and cream for a while. I'll wait till I yeah. get like this other essentials like toothpaste. I can't live without toothpaste. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> so what's something you're doing or feeling during the pandemic that surprised you? Um, I definitely feel a lot more appreciated at my job, which really actually surprises me because um, most of the time, like, you know, when I'm at work, people kind of just they're like, you work for me. You live yeah. to serve me. And lately they've all just been really humbled. Um, they've all been a lot more respectful, especially the people actually who used to be a really huge problem for me. They've really? been a lot, yeah. They've been a lot nicer. Like they're just, they're just really thankful that I'm helping them out, especially because a lot of people's insurances aren't going through right now, because that's a really huge issue. They're between insurances, so I either fight with their old insurance or I help get them coupons for their medication so it's affordable. And that's like people are just very grateful for it, and it really makes a difference on how we want to help them as well. 
Wow. That's it. Do you think that will, will stay that way moving forward? Oh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. No. People will forget about what we do again, and they'll be like, you work for me. Oh. <laughs> Man, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of weird because, like, when I first got into the profession, I was just like, oh, I'm really going to be making a difference. Not a huge difference, but a difference. And then I got there, and I was just like, wow, they treat me like a cashier. It's cool. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. Everything is still customer service. Wow. So how long have you lived in Chicago? So I was actually born and raised here in Chicago. I was born in the Humboldt Park area, and then I grew up mostly in Logan Square before Logan Square became what it is now, uh-huh. which is... I'm not going to lie, a lot more fun than when I grew up. (laughs) (laughs) All we had was liquor stores and, like, maybe the little corner store. Like, now there's a Walgreens there. There's, like, all kinds of stuff. There's bars, but then again, I couldn't go to bars when I was younger. Not the point. The point is, like, it's just, it's a lot more lively. There's a lot more fun stuff going on there. There's a skate park. I wish I had that when I was a kid. That was definitely not there. It's, It's changed a lot, actually, throughout the years. Um, I've also lived all over the northwest side, so Belmont Cragen area. I've lived in Norwich. I've kind of lived all over the northwest area of the city. Do you do you identify with one neighborhood in particular, or? Um, I would say the neighborhood I identify with most might be either Logan or Hermosa. Okay, what's Hermosa like? So Hermosa is actually. It's weird because it's one of those neighborhoods that's kind of forgotten right now. Um, There's actually a huge debate going on with the people who live in this neighborhood who say that they feel like they're being erased. Because, you know, Hermosa in Spanish means beautiful. And it's kind of like the beautiful Hispanic neighborhood. That's kind of what this neighborhood is supposed to stand for. But since the Disney house is in this neighborhood, they want to consider it Logan Square. And they're kind of The what? The Disney house? Yeah, the Walt Disney house. It's a national landmark. It's actually right here in Chicago. He grew up, I think, like a few blocks away from my house, which oh is insane. God. Yeah, isn't that cool? The more you know. <laughs> I read. A, I read. I started reading his biography, and yeah, they the goal. His his dad and everything. They're they're here. They were in Chicago for a while, and he has a strong affinity with the Midwest. Wow. So in right. Hermosa. Yeah, in Hermosa, that's where Walt Disney's house is, and it's funny because like. Like, so the huge debate is, like, they want to make Hermosa non-existent anymore, and they want to call it, like, the new part of Logan Square and, like, just blend it in with Logan Square. Okay. So people are just like, so are they trying to erase us? <laughs> yeah. Think, how, yeah. How does that go about? Like, what? Because I feel like the neighborhoods are either created by, like, real estate people, and they, like, make up terms in, like, areas but does the city, the city, how does it define neighborhoods? Well, here's the thing. I think the neighborhoods were established really early on, like during um, when people were first like moving in and the skyscrapers yeah. were starting and like people were just starting to move out west and they, they just started proclaiming their own neighborhoods for whoever was like, I guess, mainly there. Like the Belmont Craken area, um, I actually don't know when it was named that. I remember I was in high school and that was like when it was like self-proclaimed the Belmont Cragen neighborhood. Hermosa definitely has been around for a while. It's just it's been getting smaller and smaller and shrinking. Logan Square is expanding. Huge. It's so huge. Yeah, Yeah, it's so huge. 
So, like, people are just like, where do you live by? I'm like, I live at the edge of Logan, beginning of Hermosa, somewhere inside of Belmont Creighton. They're like, what does that mean? I'm like, yeah. I wish I could tell you. I really don't know. What neighborhood are you in now? Um, I am in Hermosa. Okay. Well, what is left of it? <laughs> what is currently left of it? How do you yeah. commute to work? Um, so, it depends, because, you know... Um, my neighborhood doesn't have that many uh, accessibilities to right. trains or buses. So I have either I could take one bus if I am early enough. If not, I have to take two trains, two buses and a train. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. So nice. 45 minutes could turn to an hour and a half easily. <laughs> wow. I feel like uh, most native Chicagoans I talk to, there's like a badge of honor of being a native Chicagoan. Do you feel that way? I don't know how I feel about being from here. <laughs> um, I Don't get me wrong. It's my city. I love it. I do. I love it with all my heart. But I definitely would not live here if I could afford to live somewhere else. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. But I think it's just because I don't like the cold. Oh. And I feel like the summers here are too cold. The summers are too cold. Yeah, I feel like it's too cold for me. I don't know. It's because I visited other cities. Like, I visited San Diego. I visited L.A. I visited Houston, Dallas. And I'm like, now this is summer. This is Yeah, hot. that's warm. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> oh, Vegas. I'm like, this is really hot. What What are we doing? <laughs> what do you, How do you feel about this last winter? I feel like it was very painfully long. I feel like it's still here lingering, actually. Um like, if you, especially because, like, there's just some days where, like, it's just extra cold for no reason. Yeah. Or, oh, my gosh, last year in the middle of July when it hailed. And I was just like, winter doesn't want to leave, guys. The world is ending. We're going to live we in the cold. Have, it wasn't too harsh, though. It's it wasn't just lingers, that harsh. Yeah. yeah, it lingers very long. I always say, like, there's only three months of summer here in Chicago. The rest of the year is winter. That's it. Yeah, and, like, even even this, this last week, like, Monday, Tuesday... Wednesday, just the the grayness. Uh, I was foggy. Uh, uh, So what what feature do you love most about your neighborhood? Um, hmm. I would have to say we have the best tacos. The best tacos. That's saying something. The best tacos. Oh yes, it is. It's very authentic. It's like they haven't lost their touch. They haven't lost their roots. They accept card now though, which is very helpful. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the salsa is on point. And the meat is never dry. You gotta love that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I've definitely tried like some places that used to be like the places like El Patron. I used to love their tacos. Right. And then I don't know what happened, but they lost their way. Their tacos taste very not right. Okay. <laughs> sorry, El Patron. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear this, I'm sorry, but call them shots. I'm just saying, you guys should not be charging for chips and salsa. That that is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have an open day, how would you normally choose to spend it? Pre-COVID or post-COVID or during COVID? Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Um, so typically on my days off, I would either prepare for upcoming conventions because I'm really big on cosplay and conventions and stuff that I go to with my friends. If not, I will be either at the gym, running around with my dog, um, just getting errands done. And if it's hot outside, it's nice enough, like maybe go to a forest preserve with some friends and just walk around. What uh, what forest preserve? 
Um, there was this one place we used to go to. What was it? It was Thatcher Woods. It was definitely one of the first forest preserves I went to, and I learned Converse are not hiking shoes. <laughs> <laughs> They're like not even walking shoes. This is bad. They're barely shoes. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so, uh, I suppose I you're hardwood. closer to nature that way, though. Yes, I had dirt inside my toes and everything. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> the deer almost thought I was a part of a tree. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When you um, think of Chicago, mm-hmm. what colors do you imagine first? Lots of blues. I imagine a lot of blue. Only because I remember when I was a kid, my grandma took me on this water taxi boat tour thing. And um, if you're sitting in just the right spot on the right day when the sky is completely clear, the sky reflects off of the water and the water reflects off of the buildings all around you. And all you see is just like blue and it kind of makes you feel like you're underwater. And it is the most beautiful thing. And... I guess that kind of stuck with me because, like, if you think about it and you go to Navy Pier, which is another really big area, like, you see nothing but, like, endless blue. And I'm not sure if that's just because the water's so clean or if it's just, you know, the way the light and the sun reflects off the water, water reflects off the sky. The science stuff, yeah. The science stuff. Um, But it's just, it's one of the most incredible things. Like, I don't think I've seen so many shades of blue in any other city besides maybe San Diego. And that's if you go by the beach. But Chicago definitely has ways of making it more um, amplified because of the way they design their buildings accordance to that. Wow. I like that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What can I say? Oh, oh, I dropped my headphones. (laughs) What's your proudest moment as a Chicagoan? Uh, hold on. That's that's a hard one. Okay. Um, hmm. as a Chicagoan, I have been to almost every Chicago major event, at least once. Um, but I would say there was one year for Lollapalooza where it was raining. It was so bad that like winds were like throwing tents around and like they had to evacuate all of Millennium Park from Lollapalooza and I was just like oh my god I was like I need to find my way back to the train and like I was very proud of myself because I did not get lost for the first time I was just like oh I'm starting to know my way downtown (laughs) don't tell anyone but technically I just followed the crowd and I was hoping they would just take me to the train (laughs) (laughs) what year was that um 2017 or okay. I think it was, yeah, it was 2007. Okay, I feel like I remember that. It was like, crazy. Yeah, the weather I, and then hearing about it and then thinking to myself, wow, I'm glad I'm not them. Oh, my gosh. It was so bad because I was on my way to go see the Muse. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to finally see the Muse. And, like, I remember I was working, like, a 10-hour shift for one of my friends' um, hot dog stands that was working at Lala. So I was just like, I worked like 10 hours for free I was covered in cheese because we sold cheese fries and like someone dropped cheese all over me so yeah and I was just like I'm sweaty I'm covered in cheese but I'm gonna go see the muse and then it started pouring and I was like all right whatever concerts are better in the rain anyways (laughs) and then all of a sudden like tents started flying I was like oh no I'm out of (laughs) here do you feel like there's like a camaraderie with experiencing that with other people (laughs) Um, that's a good question. I would say 
I don't know, honestly. Because I was actually by myself when that happened. I had oh, no okay. friends with me. Okay. Yeah. So I was I was just, like, kind of... Like, if I was in a group, it probably would have been a lot more funny. We would have probably had, like, a plan of what to do afterwards. But because it was just me, I was just like, ah, man, I'm going to have to go home. <laughs> 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 I have nothing else to do. <laughs> if someone were to visit you from out of town, what restaurant would you take them to? Oh, Easy. Hands down, every time I have someone that visits me, because I've been in this, like, gourmet ramen mood lately, I'm always just like, guys, I, you have to go to Wasabi. Wasabi? Wasabi. It is actually, so I've been to a lot of, like, gourmet ramen places because I like food. Uh, <laughs> I like to eat. And luckily, so do all my friends. <laughs> That's why we're friends. Um, so I'm just like, guys, you have to go to Wasabi. That's the first place we're going. Their pork buns are amazing. Their ramen is amazing. You can have some alcohol. Um, they have, a like, usually a really huge bar. Um, so they can make pretty much almost anything you want there. But their meat for their pork buns is marinated for, I think they said, like, 16 hours or something. Amazing. Nice. <laughs> Legendary. And every, every single person I take there, they love it. There was someone that I brought all the way from, like, Canada. And they were just like, this is my favorite restaurant. I wow. never want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, uh, it's a $80 bill, so, you know, we're going to have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wasabi. Wasabi. What's your hidden gem in the city? Ooh, okay. Like, food-wise or hangout-wise or... Your discretion. Ooh. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I would say hangout-wise, my hidden gem would have to be Ignite Gaming Lounge. Where's that? What is that? It, so it's a video gaming lounge. Um, there's one in the city, and then there's one in the suburbs. The one in the suburbs sells alcohol, which is nice. But it's very affordable. So they have, like, this whole area full of computers where you can just play League and World of Warcraft, and it's so much fun. Um, and then they have these big TVs and this big, like, projector where you can play Super Smash Bros. They have Super Smash Bros. tournaments. They have... Um, every xbox and ps4 game that you could think of and you could just play it on big tvs with your friends but most importantly they have a rock band room i rock love rock band a room yeah it's a soundproof room where you and your friends can just play rock band for two hours at a time wow and it is so much fun where is this place so this place uh i don't know what neighborhood that is i think it's um is it North Park neighborhood? It's like by the intersection of Belmont, Elston, Ash. Like California? Know. Not California. Yeah, California. You know, yeah, you're right. It's by that Burger King. It's not that far. The from Burger King. King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that that place is absolutely amazing. I take my brother there almost every year for his birthday. That's like our little birthday celebration tradition we do. And then afterwards, we go to Honey Butter Chicken next door, which has oh. amazing, <laughs> amazing chicken. Nice. But um, if it's like my hidden gem, I guess, for just hanging out by myself or just hanging out with my dog would be probably Reese Park. Because there's this little area where it's kind of just like a lake. They have this little willow tree and you kind of could just sit there and like hang out by the pond. And it's really nice. Where's Reese Park? I'm looking it up right now. Um, so Reese Park is in the Austin neighborhood, kind of by um, Brickyard it's like Mall. Westside. Yeah. How do you spell Reese? R I I S, I think. Ah. That's <laughs> I was like, I, I spelled it. 
think. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I did not want to steer you wrong, but I was totally going to steer you wrong if I kept talking. <laughs> okay, let's see. Tell me more about Reese Park. Um, so I remember um, it was definitely a place I used to skip school when I was in high school. I used to go there <laughs> with all my friends. <laughs> we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh there, actually, which was a lot Yu-Gi-Oh. of fun. Yu-Gi-Oh! Nice. Yes. yes, I used to be a Yu-Gi-Oh! geek um, when I was a freshman. I had just, like, came into high school and, like, I was like, oh, there's a whole club and playing Yu-Gi-Oh! I have, like, some cards from when I was, like, five. And they're just like, yeah, banned, 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 doesn't work, can't use that. I'm like, all right, so I need new cards. Rules changed, and I was just like, oh, okay. Wait, did, now, <laughs> I'm, I was, like, the a fan of the OG Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, the beat sticks of uh, Blue Eyes, White Dragon, uh, Red yeah, Eyes. Yeah, Dark and, Magician, and, yeah. So, but, I think you'll love, actually, some of the newer cards, which um, one of them was Black Rose, Titanial. Titanial's a beast. Uh, so I used to run plants, a plant deck, which is like, I guess, very, nobody really messes with those, I guess, as much. But okay. um, Black Rose Dragon is basically a plant dragon. Plant dragon. <laughs> a plant nice. dragon. Titanial was this um, rose princess queen thing, Lone Fire. That was my bitch. This what, what's it called? Lone Fire? Lone Fire. Lone Fire. Okay. Uh, Giga Plants, and it was funny actually because um, at the time I had red hair, so I had the nickname Ivy or Red because I was like I was Poison Ivy with all my plants. All your plants. So (laughs) I've discovered during quarantine that all the Yu-Gi-Oh episodes are on uh, Amazon Prime. They are, (laughs) and the I think one of the movies is on there too as well. (laughs) Okay, I don't know if I watched the movie. But I went back and watched the um, the battle, the duel against Pegasus mm-hmm. when Yu-Gi-Oh's played. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> I think one of my favorite episodes was um, when Taya like started flirting with Yamu, and then Yugi came out, and then Yugi's just like, "What's going on?" And she's like, "Nothing." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's. Oh, I love that show. Love that show. Cards All the hidden jokes. Oh, yeah. ooh. okay. Better question. Now I get an interview question for you. What did you oh, used okay. to play with? What was your uh, favorite card? <laughs> so I liked. So I would play against my little brother, and he's seven years younger than me. And so this is. I was like, like fourteen, fifteen, and he was like seven. And we would often put up our best cards for like whoever wins. We get to keep. Oh my god. Cards. And I would crush them all the time because I would always have these like trap cards. Um, Trying to think of the deck, Dark Magician is always a favorite. Um, of course. My brother has the blue eyes, white dragons, and he has the like, uh, what's the red eyes, black dragon? Is that mm-hmm. one? Yeah, that that's one. Joey had. <laughs> so my little brother has that one. Yes. I had Gaia, Gaia the Knight. I know I had some. Honestly, it's been. It's been a while. <laughs> I can't remember. It's okay. I'm sure you had um, man. I'm trying to think. Yeah, dark hole. Dark hole. <laughs> dark hole. Dark hole's dark like hole. it's like a cheat card almost. It is. I like, love. That I don't card. like how this field looks. Dark hole. Um, it's the same thing for there was this one card where it was like um, I can't remember what it's called, 
But I remember, like, it, the point of it was, like, it would be, like, it would be, it would take that card that someone summons, and it puts it in the banished pile, which means you can't use it for the rest of the game unless you have a special card that says take it out. Oh, no, Monster pile. Reborn. Remember that card? No, no. Oh, I remember Monster Reborn. That card is banned. <laughs> that card is so what? banned. It is banned. I was like, I feel cheated. <laughs> why is that? Just because it's such a powerful card? That's why. Exactly. At first, it was limited to one. You can only have one in your deck. And now I think it's banned. I haven't seen the new meta. They also have like a lot of other crazy things going on right now. So I haven't played it in like two years, three years. You're a nerd. I'm not a nerd. <laughs> what? I was like, you're a nerd. I'm not a nerd. <laughs> <I'm totally> nerd. <laughs> what sound do you most affiliate with Chicago? That's a hard one. It's between the honking and the, the sirens. <laughs> Definitely the honking. Honking. Like, very passive-aggressive honking. <laughs> <laughs> what music influenced you the most during your time in the city? Ooh, okay. Um, so that's actually a hard one, because as that's, years That's your passed, entire life. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> like, as, like, years pass, like, it always get it always changes. It's always different. So, like, I definitely have to say when I was in elementary school, like, R&B and rap and stuff, that was definitely, like, the big thing. And, like, I grew up kind of in old Logan Square where, like, it was very diverse at the time. So everyone was into rap. Everyone was into hip-hop. Everybody was kind of the minorities in the neighborhood. So we had that. And then we had, like, our reggaeton, our bachata. And, like, that was other really big stuff that happened as well. And then... As I grew older and I, like, started moving around, I left the state for a year, came back, and rock music was what I kind of listened to when I was living away for a year. And when I came back, like, I found, like, other people who also listened to rock music, so I kind of affiliated myself with them. And then I also did dancing, so I was in Joffrey Ballet, so I listened to a lot of jazz and, like... I associated myself with the people who were also in my dance team. When I got into high school, everyone was still into rock, which was also still really cool. I'm trying to think what else. When I was in college, though, like my music taste kind of like transformed because I started meeting musicians, opening my mind to more different kinds of music. So like it would be like some weird like acid trippy rock music or like I'll be listening to some classical or I did ballet and I did Spanish dancing so I got more in touch with like my Spanish dancing roots and I was listening to that more um I was listening to some weird like French music that I didn't understand what they were saying but I was like oh okay I can nice. do this like I yeah. <laughs> um so yeah music is actually it's really hard to like pinpoint what exactly keeps you or what motivates you or I guess like what influences you the most because music is always changing just like our lives are always changing, everything around us is always changing. So a certain genre isn't going to, I guess, influence anyone all the time. But I would say if I had to pick one, Spanish music has definitely always been a really huge influence because there's a really huge Spanish community here that refuses to lose their roots, no matter how Americanized they're getting. I'm Americanized. I, I have no shame. Yes, I'm a coconut. It's okay. It is okay. I don't speak Spanish. Wait, that's a, that's a term? That's a term, yes. Um, when you're white in the inside, brown in the outside. I'm not even brown in the outside, so I'm a white coconut. Um, <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah. 
Um, I've never heard that term before. (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, it's weird because um, it's, like, it's possible to be an outsider among your own kind, which sounds kind of weird. Because um, Spanish people, yeah, yeah, they like to say, like, if you don't speak Spanish, then you're not truly in touch with your Spanish roots. You're not really Hispanic. You're American. And then American people or, like, you know, people who are from here, they're like, oh, well, your family is from this country and this country. So you're from that country. So Mm -hmm. you're that. And it's kind of like, well, it's like, I'm, I don't know what I am. I just know where I came from. I know what I am now, and yeah, I feel like music kind of like stops those barriers a lot, especially if you know like the cultural dances and like you dance with your family, especially my neighborhood. Like sometimes some one person will have a party, and then like the neighbors will come over and be like, "Yo, you having a party? I'll bring <laughs> some rice." <laughs> That's great. I love that. <laughs> yeah, like actually, no kidding. There was one time I was just like, I went to. My, I have a roommate, actually. So I was just like, hey, I'm going to go next door, and I'm going to see if they'll let me come into their party. So I just walked in, and I was just like, hey, I'm friends with Jose. And they're just like, which Jose? I was like, honestly, I don't know. I just want free food, and I want to dance to Spanish music. Is it cool if I just <laughs> stay for a little bit? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, come on in. Be hi, let's go. <laughs> oh, that's okay. great. Yeah, that's it's great. very, yeah, people around here are very friendly because a lot of them have lived here for years. So they're just, like, they're very, like, open and friendly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I went that really long tangent. <laughs> no, tangents are very good. I appreciate tangents. <laughs> What's a common scene in your daily interaction with the city? The bus tracker is lying to me. Um, <laughs> 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 Definitely that. So um, I remember before, like, days when, like, you know, before the bus tracker existed, before you could text the bus and stuff, and you just have to stand there. I have become very reliant on the bus tracker, especially now that it's on the Venture app. So, like, I'll be like, oh, five minutes. I'll be there three minutes before those five minutes are up. 27 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, 27 minutes. I guess I'm walking to the, like, three bus stops down because I don't want to wait here for yeah. 27 minutes. And then I walk half a block and the bus passes me. You bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's so true. You have to get out ahead of it. I use this. Um, yeah. Which one do I use? So I have two. I have transit stop and fast times. I feel like fast times is pretty accurate usually. Okay, I only use Ventra, and I used to use the CTA app. That app is terrible. Is that the I transit don't... app? The yeah. Transit well, no. Stop one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the CTA app, it's supposed to like track like the L and the buses and like. It's supposed to tell you exactly where it is. And I'm just like, I'm not sure if you're lying to me or if the <laughs> bus is lying to you to lie to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh, I can only take so much lying from technology these days. <laughs> <laughs> if Chicago were to be destroyed, what's one quality you would choose to keep to rebuild the city? Um, oh, that's that's hard. Um. I would have to say the oldest buildings in Chicago, the ones that are right in front of the the water tower mall. So those buildings, like they look like little castles. I don't know. It's like every time like you go by them, it just it kind of gives you like this feeling of hope. Like 
these survived the fire like so many years ago. They're still standing and it's been really, really long time. So like definitely I would want those to stay just because it still has that beacon of hope. Okay. And um, I don't know. It's just like, especially when you live in like a city that's like full of hustle and bustle and, you know, there's kind of little, <laughs> a little chance of actually surviving here if you don't already have roots here. It, it just shows like you can withstand anything, even if things go up in flames, you can get through it. And like, I kind of like that. Yeah. So it's like it's like the the water tower is a signal of hope in a way. Well, not the water tower. The buildings in front the, of the water tower. Is it yeah. the uh, like the not water tower place, but the like the castle stuff? Yeah. The water pumping stuff. stations. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Do you know the story See? behind those? I don't actually. Um, I was supposed to take American history, but I wasn't in school that year, so I huh. skipped Chicago history. I was like, I definitely wish I could tell you, but I spent a few months in the hospital that year, and then they're just like, just drop that class, take this class, and you'll be okay. I was like, bleh. Built in 1869. Damn. My whole my whole house is as old as those buildings. Your house was built in 1869? My house was built in 1845. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, my house is really, really old. Like, it has really good bones. So, like, it's it's definitely a lot more modernized. But my house was originally built in 1845. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. So what features about it? It's creepy. Let me correct you. It's really <laughs> fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> what What features stick out about it? Here's the thing, like, from the outside, you definitely couldn't tell, like, it was, it's that old of a house, but, um, so when I first moved in, or not even when I first moved in, when I first looked at the house before we bought it, I, like, noticed there's this well that's, like, right by the basement door, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm like, what is this? My first thing was, like, I was just like, oh, hell no, I was like, the ring ain't happening here, we're putting some shit on it. (laughs) But um, it turns out it's been, like, it, there's still water in there. So I guess, like, you know, if apocalypse ever happens, I still have water. But, but yeah, like, apparently it was, like, sealed up because that was, like, the only way they were able to get water. And then they put, like, cement around it since it was no longer useful. And, like, so you can't really get to it. But, yeah, so, like, that still, that still is there. It still exists. How, how did you find out it was 1845? I think I looked it up on Google. I looked really? up my address on Google, and I just wanted to know, like, how old my house was. And then, like, my roommate was looking it up. I was looking it up, and I was like, dude, like, my house is old. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. cool. All right. We're going to go uh, a little bit more introspective now. Okay. What's a personal mantra or philosophy that guides you? Um, so there's something my dad told me when I was a little kid, and it was the most beautiful things in this world – is creativity, intelligence, and humor. And um, I kind of, I've always followed that in my life just because when I was younger, I was definitely not how I look now. But um, I always thought I was funny. (laughs) (laughs) What do you Um, mean by that? Just like dress differently or what? 
Um, no. So I had phases where I just, I, I didn't really like, I didn't really care about how it looked and that definitely reflected on how I dressed. Yes. Especially okay. cause I used to be like one of those little skater girls. So I was just like, I'm just going to go bust my knees open. There's no reason for me to look nice and wear some nice yeah. jeans. I'm going to get blood all over them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I also had a phase where like I wore like way too thick eyeliner or um, I had a pink mohawk. Nice. Full shave sides. Pink mohawk. Nice. Yeah. Boys did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're just mad I'm more manly. <laughs> And they're probably like, yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're definitely intimidated. I was like, it's cool. You can't handle all of this anyways. <laughs> you can't even do an ollie. Nice. <laughs> I, but, can't, um, I can't do that. I can't do an ollie either. Shh, they don't know that still. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, but, yeah, I definitely stuck with that my whole life because um, it's, it's true. Like, I honestly... When I meet people, I look for, are they smart? Because I cannot talk to a dumb person, as weird as that sounds like. And I I just can't. I can't. If I can't have a full-on conversation with you, if I can't, like, exchange, like, I don't know. Like, if I can't, you can't have a debate with me about something, like, about the aircrafts in World War II, then there's no point in us talking. <laughs> It doesn't that's have a, to that's be that. That's a very niche, uh, niche group you're talking about. <laughs> I know. I was like, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. But like, okay, yeah. You know, like, I'm just, it's just an example. Or like, if you haven't read a book in the past 10 years, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> also, because like, I'm really into writing. I'm kind of, I'm not going to call myself a writer because I feel like that's pretentious. I'm definitely not a writer. But I've been writing a story for a few years and... You know, it would be nice to be able to share that with someone. Um, and that also goes into creativity where, like, everyone is, like, they have a craft of their own. They do something that's creative that's best fit for them. Like, I do special effects makeup. I go to conventions, so I sew my costumes for that. I Once again, I write. I used to dance. And I just, I would like to have someone who also is well, like, is equally creative, even if it's in a different way. Like, I, I'm open to, like, trying new things, have them open to trying new things, and, like, you know, seeing if there's, like, some way we could, like, collide together. Um, and then humor, because I like to laugh. If you cannot make me laugh, you need to go somewhere. <laughs> I'm not that hard. I'm not that hard to please. <laughs> <laughs> nice. As complicated as my answer sounded, I'm not that hard to please. <laughs> Describe the best day of your life. Um... Hmm. That's kind of hard um, because I think it really depends on how I'm feeling. Like for some, for me to have the best day of my life, I would assume like everything would just come naturally. It would just be a day full of like me doing something with people I care about and us making really great memories. You know what? I do have one. I randomly decided to go to New York, like, on the spur of the moment trip, like, I think, like, a week before I went. <laughs> nice. With a busted knee, because I busted my knee skateboarding. So, I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go to New York. And then, while I was out in New York, I ran into some friends. Like, I ran into a friend that actually was supposed to be in Israel at the time. He lives in L.A., and he was just there. 
<laughs> and I was what? just like, yeah. So I couldn't get into my hotel. And I was like, man. And they're just like, uh, like, I came early to check in. And then the lady's just like, yeah, um, sorry, but check-in isn't until 3. I was like, I called ahead, though. She was like, check-in's not till 3. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? It's noon. What am I supposed to do? And she was like, there's Shake Shack across the street. <laughs> I was like, can I at least check my bag somewhere? She was just like, you can for a fee. I was like, you're. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I went across the street to Shake Shack, ran into my friend there. And I was like, he was like, what are you doing? I was like, what am I doing here? What are you doing here? You're not even supposed to be in this country right now. Yeah. So um, that was a very spur of the moment. I guess trip altogether. I had no plans. I didn't know any. I didn't know I was gonna know anyone out there. Um, so I ran into him. He introduced me to a bunch of his friends. I had a friend who lived in New Jersey. Called him up. I was like, Hey, I'm going exploring around New York. You want to come? <laughs> so it was just like I think that was one of my best days I've ever had, just because it was so spur of the moment. Met new people. Put myself out there for the first time I think in years. And it ended up, everything was just fine. Everything was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. All the best things are just stuff that you don't plan on and you don't expect, honestly. Yeah. Oh. We spend so much of our lives just planning and doing the same thing over and over that. We just forget about, like, it's not about going from A to B. It's about how you're getting there as well. Because if you just go from A to B, A to B, and you're not really ever living in that moment you're just thinking like okay i have to do this next this next this next and you're not really living you know so yeah (laughs) nice what's the most influential book you've ever read oh okay i know this one (laughs) i know this one so there was this book i read when i was in high school called speak um so it's about this girl who was sexually abused before she went into high school and, like, she was at this party. So when I first read this book, I was like, wow, this book is really fucked up and sad. Mm-hmm. But I kind of grew up, like, in a fucked up situation. So I was just like, I'm fucked up and sad. I could connect with this book. And then a few years later, um, when I was 18, like, I had an incident of my own one day when I was coming home from work. Um, like, a man abused me. So I actually went into, like, this really deep depression. And then when I was unpacking some of my stuff, because I made... I went to a new apartment. I found this book and I like started looking back at like some of my um, annotations on it. And I was like, oh, wow. Like I really was into this book. So I decided to reread it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It kind of goes back to those buildings in front of um, the water tower. I'm just like beacon of hope. Like she like in this book, she overcomes not saying anything and kind of finally talking because she realizes that if you hold everything in, all it's going to do is tear yourself down mm. as opposed to if you let it out, then you can not only help yourself, but all the people around you as mm. well. And um, actually that drove me to stick with my path of pressing charges. And most recently as a birthday gift, the charges went through, prosecution happened and it was great. Wow. Was, yeah. Yeah. So little tidbit you yeah That's it is great. possible it is possible to be to speak up and get your way no matter how hard it can be yeah thanks for sharing that that's that's what's so great about books right is you just like yeah can access like, that that like there's like deep connections with books that you can't 
get from from other sources of knowledge or entertainment you know I think the reason why is because you can actually imagine yourself in that place you have the power to create the visions and see how things go like yes you're following the words yes the storyline is already written there but just because of that doesn't mean that you can't see things in your own perspective and you can't see like well maybe if that did if like this happens like what if this happened instead mm-hmm. yeah that would made everything so much different it's a lot more easy it's a lot more easier to see other people's lives in perspective as opposed to your own just because you know the right answers you yeah. just don't want to admit it to yourself and because of that like seeing like other people do it and then you're just like like oh they should have done this and then like it makes you stop and realize like oh shit like i'm there i'm yeah. them. and they're like oh <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. What's something you're curious about recently? Hmm. Um, I would have to say how to go about learning how to drive in the city. Because I'm learning how to drive right now. Never really had to drive because I live in the city. So there's buses and trains. Yeah, and I right. can ride my bike everywhere. But, you know, most recently, because I have a dog, I'm just like, oh, I need to learn how to drive. Like, mm-hmm. I, just, I need to learn how to drive. I have no choice. Um, but... I would say driving down, like, learning how to drive near downtown terrifies me. Okay. It absolutely terrifies me. And I want to, like, I've been really curious on, like, how people go about, like, learning how to drive out there. Because definitely Chicago has its own driving rules. It does. Everywhere else. It does. And, like, how do people figure that out? Like, is there, like, some kind of, like, code that I can, like, look this up so that way I know... Yeah. it's just like a learn as you go thing and I just I don't understand that so I'm really curious how people just pick that up I was a rideshare driver for three years and yeah I there's like a certain there's a flow to the traffic here and you just you have to just go with the flow and you go with like Chicago's rules rather than necessarily no. like what you were taught necessarily <laughs> you know, like, uh, like everyone you notice that everyone runs the yellow lights like it's just like accepted yeah um like you just pick up all these patterns when you're just driving that much but i would in the morning taking people to work like going downtown i used to love it because there's like this flow this nice flow everybody's going in at a certain like everybody knows where they're going and in the afternoon though when you're picking people up it is so chaotic and it's just i hated that part of it oh i bet oh god uh, no Oh, man. traffic by downtown traffic by like just Lincoln Park alone like at Wicker Park that's the line between like oh driving's not so bad to what did I just get myself into yeah like that's where the intersections start like going there's like six corners everywhere and you're just like I don't know how to tell <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah sometimes I, I like look back and I'm like how did I do that like like oh my gosh exactly see it's stuff like that why I'm just like especially because like I said I feel like Chicago is just kind of hard to drive in just because like you know like the grid pattern makes everything easy but there's so many six corner intersections and I'm just like uh like (laughs) I I, hmm okay (laughs) um that says I can't turn that says I can't turn does that mean I have to go straight and then I see people turning what are you doing yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just I'm like waiting. 
I'm waiting behind people, and it's like, there's a no-turn-left signal. Is he going to do it? He's got his blinker on. He better not do it, you know? And then they, like, try to do it. I'm like, that has effort. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I hate driving. What's something about you that few people know or understand? I would have to say something about me that few people know is... um, Despite how confident I perceive myself, I I do have my my moments where I'm very insecure, I'm very depressed, but so does everyone. And it's healthy, like it's fine, like everyone goes through it. But very few people know that part of me just because I don't like showing, I guess, vulnerability toward people. I am an open book. I always say that, like I'm an open book, I have nothing to hide, I have nothing to lie about. However, I'll never want to show like emotional vulnerability or mental vulnerability just because like I always have to be kind of that rock, especially with some of my friends, because they're always just like, oh, you've gone through so much. You're such a strong person. And I feel like them seeing me break down will kind of just deterrent them from feeling like they can overcome other things because they'll be like, oh, well, you're breaking down, which means like nothing's possible and it's just like it's like no I'm breaking down because it's normal to break down but I do it I guess in private just so that way I can keep up that hope I've been talking a lot about hope today oof <laughs> it's a it's a term that we I think we all need a little bit more yeah especially of during a pandemic <laughs> yeah 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 and but yeah so I would definitely have to say that like um, not a lot of people get to see me insecure. Not a lot of people get to see me when I'm down and depressed. So how do you balance that? If like you you aim to be someone that people look to as a rock, but yet you have a lot of these same feelings, like how do you how do you balance that? Um, well, so I think the only people that really do get to kind of see me like that is like some of the people I mentor. And the only reason they get to see me like that is because I tell them, I'm like, okay, like, it's, it sucks, but this is how I'm dealing with it. And, like, I show them, like, how to, like, handle it in a healthy way. So I mentor some kids that have had traumatic experiences. Um, and like, my post-traumatic stress or my depression or my do it in a constructive way where it's not harmful. And if they see, like, I can do it, then, like, I can better, but also, like, around my own friends and people who, I guess, I'll just be like, hey, I need some time alone, I need some time to just be upset by myself, like, there's nothing wrong with me, like, I'm just upset, (laughs) I will be okay, I promise, and then, like, those certain people that know about it, they're just like, okay, cool, but then to, like, everyone else, it's kind of, like, I just have a bubbly personality, in general and I like having my bubbly personality but I guess it's just like deciding on when I need to take that step back is what helps kind of balance everything out like sometimes you just have to pull away like you have to turn your phone off you have to not be on social media you have to not really like go outside and like socialize with people yeah within the past five years of living here what personal realization has improved your outlook on life the most um, hmm. everything is temporary. So if you're upset, it's temporary. If something bad is going on, it's temporary. 
you're you're in pain. It's temporary. We're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> it's temporary. And you can make things last if you want them to last, but you don't have to do anything you don't have to. What if what if you feel good? Is it still mm-hmm. temporary or Well, yeah, you can't enjoy all the highs if you don't get the lows to complement the highs. <laughs> like no one's going to be happy forever. It's unfortunately it's temporary as well, but that doesn't mean you can't feel it again. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Everything is temporary. Like everything in life. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's it's temporary. And it's weird because like you can also apply it to like when people are like super materialistic and they're just like, oh, yeah, well, I want to get this. I want to get this. And it makes me upset because I can't have this. And it's just like that stuff is temporary. What's something you're excited about when the pandemic ends? And what are you personally excited about within the next five years of your life? I definitely am excited if the pandemic like lightens up at least a little bit for Riot Fest, you know, <laughs> pipe dream might be canceled. But- <laughs> excited if it happens (laughs) but um no but at least like within the next five years I'm excited to actually kick off my second career no longer be a pharmacy technician hopefully be a pediatric nurse I'm excited to start traveling more I plan on visiting London New Orleans Vegas California again maybe checking out a few other states like Massachusetts maybe Utah just cuz so definitely that's some stuff I'm excited to do. Also excited that my hopefully my dog will be more trained and like willing to go <laughs> different places with me via car ride because hopefully I have a license. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and yeah, that's kind of what I'm excited for seeing that. And my nephews will be a little bit older. I have two nephews. One of them is seven. The other one is three. Maybe I'll take them on some trips with me. I'll be the cool aunt that's like, oh, we're going to go to New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) They might have to be a little older to go to New Orleans. I can take them on ghost tours. They would appreciate it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, well, thanks for chatting with me today. I appreciate it. Of course. It was fun. fun. Yeah, Yeah, anytime. Just let me know. Anytime. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Othella at... Othella Longoria. Have an exciting day.